Hey, lovely listeners, and Happy New Year. I'm actually recording this just a bit before Christmas, but I wanted to make sure that I got it taped and ready for you all so that we could drop this on New Year's Day. So, Happy New Year to you all, and I really hope this one is a better one. Um, This is a bonus episode that I have been looking forward to giving you guys for a while. I am this week interviewing my dear friend and the wonderful actor, John Sim. John and I played brother and sister in a show called The Catch uh, several years ago. And I knew I loved him very, very early on because he arrived on set holding a book. I can't remember which one it was. But uh, there aren't many of us who come to set with a book these days. Most of us come to set with a phone. And so it just felt like a treat and a kindred spirit. And we played brother and sister and it felt very much like I'd found a brother on the show. So when I came up with the podcast, John, who is as voracious a reader as I am, felt like a natural guest to invite. And so when I went to London a few years ago, pre the pandemic, I went to John's house and sat at his kitchen table and we had a beautiful, long, long discussion about his books. And then I thought, oh, well, I'll just hold on to this episode and create a further season. And I didn't. So I really only had John's episode at that point. And I waited to create another season around it and it didn't happen. And then the pandemic hit and I played an astronaut, except reverse the order of those things. And all of the podcast fell by the wayside, as longtime listeners will know. So then when I emerged from the pandemic and created the season that many of you would have just finished, season three, John's episode didn't seem to fit because we had not been in a pandemic because we'd just sat at a kitchen table talking about books and children and the before times of of that life. And I didn't know how to put that episode in our season, which felt very much a reflection of what we'd all just come out of. So this is a standalone episode where you get to hear John talking about his books and his relationship to them and his relationship to music. And it's just a lovely, lovely, lovely snapshot for me anyway of who we were then. Uh, John doesn't need much of an introduction, but in case you wanted to know more about his work, he is an English actor, director, and musician. He is best known for playing Sam Tyler in Life on Mars, the master in Doctor Who, and most recently, DS Roy Grace in Grace. His other TV credits include State of Play, The Lakes, Crime and Punishment, Exile, Prey, and Cracker. He has been nominated for a BAFTA for Best Actor and the Laurence Olivier Award for Best Actor. He's actually been nominated twice for those things. Uh, John is just the most supple, agile, interesting, wonderful actor and really one of the most delightful people I know and have had the privilege to work with. So thank you, John, and I hope you all enjoy this episode and enjoy a little Polaroid from another time. I Maybe don't know why, but it was so hard to pick them. It is tough, isn't it? Yeah, not your favourite books, but... No, the ones that shaped you. Yeah, yeah. How did you come to them, or which did you come to first, or what did you get to? Well, I had to sort of start from scratch and sort of see, you know, what what shaped me. So what originally got me into reading... I mean, the earliest, if, you go, if I go right back, the earliest thing I can remember reading is Huckleberry Finn. Oh, really? Yeah, I read Huckleberry Finn, Tom Sawyer, maybe... And I also read King Solomon's Mines, but I must—I must have been a 
a, a young adult's version because yeah. I've seen King Solomon because I got it out I thought I'm going to read that again it's the first book I ever read yeah. and it is dense yeah 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 and I thought I can't have been that it must have been a dumbed down a kid's down version, version of it sure Solomon's mind, yeah. so I remember that but then th- so the first one that I do remember actually picking to read was Catcher in the Rye was it yeah wait pause one second because what I want to know is when you read when you read Huckleberry Finn mm. This was my experience of it. I remember reading it and feeling it was amazing, but really foreign. Mm. Did you Did you have that? I remember feeling like, oh, this is so American and other. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't, it was amazing and interesting, but it didn't map onto anything I knew. It felt very male and very American. Did yes, you? yes. I got, I got, I got the, the male thing I didn't mind because at that point, uh, as in Catcher in the Rye, I, I, as in the reason I became an actor, watching things like James Dean... You know, that, that sort of the man alone, sort of outsider kind of, you know, experience mm. being explained to you, first person narrative, and uh, for adolescent boy. I mean, I, I guess that's what um, drew me to it. But Huckleberry Finn, I remember, I loved it. I, I remember it, like you say, it did feel very foreign, but like the, fast, the, the past is a foreign country. Mm. It just felt so old. Mm. And a bit dodgy, you know. Yes. A little bit dodgy. Yeah. Even then. Completely. As a kid. No. Yeah, kind of like... But really exciting stories. Mm. That and... And stories from the Bible, mm. weirdly, and... Um, what are they called? The Sinbad and all that. The Sinbad old, and the, the same. Yeah, all those, the, those stories. The, I was really into all those. But I, I found, weirdly, I found the first book I ever bought, and it was bought for me, it was, and it was the Bible. Was it? Yeah, Who I got gave a it tiny you? version of the Bible. My dad has written inside, this belongs to John Sin. Oh, sweet. With our old address. You know? Really? Yeah, and it's like a ripped cover, but it's still, I've still got it in there. Was it something important. that you read or did you read like those kids abridged sort of stories from the bible yeah i think i read those and i saw films and i heard the stories and i, w- I went to a sort of religious school mm-hmm. um so i was really into it all at first really yeah sunday school mm-hmm. so maybe that's why i got the bible i don't know why that was the first book i bought i have no idea but i, the, the, I remember reading Uncle Bruce and i remember i've been being fascinated uh, the arabian nights that was the other oh, one. the arabian yes. nights loved that the stories, the 101 story, whatever it was, that... Scheherazade and I. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loved all those. But loved all the Bible stories and still do think it they're fucking extraordinary. Yeah. Complete bollocks, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. And positive. But no, but... Amazing stories. But as myths and as, and as stories to draw from, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, the Old Testament and... All of it, actually. The, the story of Jesus and the crucifix, all of that, I'm fascinated by it. The yeah. cross and... Mary and all of it. I think it's extra- brilliant stories. So whenever my kids say to me, oh, you know, because they're atheists, I mean, it's nonsense, isn't it? I go, yeah, but it's quite amazing, isn't yeah. it? So listen to the story and think about how his mother must have felt. And, you know, I don't know. So the stories. That's interesting. Stories. Do you go to church ever? Do you go no. and hear a story? or do you, so, where, so where are they getting it from? Are they at a religious school? Are they no, they're not. But every so often, because they're so not religious, they, they, every time, I mean, they don't know the Lord's Prayer or anything. Why would they? Right. Because um, Ryan went to a Catholic school until he went to high school. So yeah. he knows a little bit. Yeah. And there was a lot of God there, and there was too much, actually. It's a little, it was just a bit... So, I mean, he knows it's just not true right um so but i you know instead of damning it to mm. him mm. i i sort of i always say look you know yeah but 
the stories are amazing. Yeah. Even if it's not true. They're also, I think for anyone that, I mean, I remember this at, at um, either at school or college, I forget which, but one of my teachers saying, you, you need to, if you love literature, you must, you need to know the Bible because all yeah. the stories that uh, anyone's reworking are coming from the Bible. So you can't, yes. Uh, you've got to know the. It's like knowing the. It's, it's the origin story Absolutely. of literature, and Absolutely. she would say, you know, take the, take your belief system out of it. But in the same way that you know your Greek myths and you know your Roman legends, you should know the Bible because they, these are. You need to know when someone's reworking an Adam and Eve myth or an a, a Cain and Abel myth yeah, or, yeah, a, yeah. you know, a, a, any of these. Know what their know what the origin story is, so then you can see what they've chosen to do. To yes. it. and yes. that I felt was such a useful way in. Yeah, to sort of reading the bible so i remember at oxford i read it from cover did you cover. read it yeah i did, did you read i skipped thing? a shitload but yes did, yeah. no i didn't know when there's a, the when he begat <laughs> <laughs> i remember the begetting thinking oh no, no there's a lot of begatting and no, begetting oh, there's so much begetting there's so much of that and i read you know the king james is the lovely version and the and the one that that we should read for great great literature but it's also really hard i mean yes. that was the one that you know that that's the Maybe that's, that's the one I've got. I'll show you. I'll, I'll, I've got it now. I'll show you. Um, but I think the one I read was a quick sort of good news version. Where oh, that might be talking the, in the yes. vernacular, and it's all it was way more accessible. So yeah. yeah, I'm not recommending it necessarily unless you're planning a paper on Milton, uh, John Donne, and no. the rest of them. So you're probably not. You're probably good. Yeah, yeah. Who taught you to read? Do you remember? Um, God, that's really, I've never really thought about that. I guess it must have been my mum and dad mm-hmm. very, very, very early on. Did they read to you? Do you have memories of being read? No, you no. Didn't? They weren't big readers, mm. my parents. Right. Um, so where did it come from? I don't know. You it, really don't know? No. I, I, it, I mean, artistically, I got stuff from my dad, but my dad was a musician. musician yeah. And so I was uh, really into that from a very early age. But <clears throat> I think, well, I definitely know even before then, I think it was a book club at school, junior really? school. Yeah, when you used to get, you, you could you could pick a book from a pamphlet, and then you take which one you wanted, and the, and you'd get, and they'd be delivered to the school like maybe two weeks later, and so all, and they're brand new books, and they open the thing, and this has got your name in it, and and so it was from there. Did you keep? Was that a lending situation, or would you would you have to give that book back? I'm fine. It's really hazy. Yeah. I, I think maybe we would have to give it back, or maybe we bought them. Mm. Maybe. I, I got like four pound or something. It was probably less, wasn't it then? Um, from my parents and 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 they and I bought them. So I think I the, the reading thing. It was just I did it on my own, right? And just got more and more into it. There, there was a series of um, um, uh, uh, novels that I read as a child. I remember. And I can, I've always. I can't remember what they were called, mm. and I can't. I just get little. You know, sometimes you get flashes of a dream you had yes. as a kid. Yes. Just a image it's yeah. not even an image it's a feeling it's something it's a wash of something, it's something. Yeah. you go oh I, oh god and, and it comes right back to you yeah. and sometimes i'll get it about those books mm. and one day i'm hoping the title will just flash into my eyes because it was about a group of kids who were detectives mm. and it was well before harry potter or anything like yeah. that and they were battling things like I just, there was a spider involved i can't anyway but i got really into these amazing books. maybe yeah. someone will listen and someone will find... come in you, you yeah. never know i've been getting really fun sort of responses from readers and things have you yeah, yeah. Like sort of working you know yeah yeah, yeah 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 working out stuff that they it's um it's interesting that's yeah. funny that you don't know that you didn't have a parent that that 
influence it because usually I've, or, you know, the common denominator with us readers is that there's a parent that mm. handed on this love of literature or else a really formative teacher or something. Yeah. And I'm amazed because you love books. You are the only other actor other than me, I would say, who I've ever met who loves books with the same sort of passion. It's what, when we played brother and sister on the catch and we sat on the set. And it's really all we talked about. It was all it? we yeah. talked about. Yeah, it made the well, days go very totally. quick. Totally. And you were the only other one who would sit on the set with a book. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. he really is my brother. Yeah. He is my soul brother. You have to have a book. You never walk out the house without my wallet, my keys. A and a Kindle. Phone and and a, the Kindle. But do you know what? It's so fun because we're recording this in John's beautiful kitchen in London. And I have been just, this is to go off topic slightly, but one of the glorious experiences of my being in London has been me wallowing in the joy that is public transport. Because (laughs) when you live here, you just bitch about it. But when you don't live here, when you live in a fucking car like I do... I mean, the just freedom of being on a bus and a train and a tube and walking and renting a Boris bike. And I have been like a giddy teenager who's been allowed out of the house for the first time. Mum keep, Mum's got this darling little mini and keeps handing me the keys going, sweetie, just drive. I'll pay the congestion charge. And I'm like, no, leave me alone. Have you been on Boris bikes? I've been on have Boris you? bikes all over town. I've, I've never been on one. Have you not? No. I just biked from Fulham to Green Park. I had oh, dinner cool. at the Wolseley and I got there on a bike. It Fantastic. was just heavenly. Anyway, and one of the side effects of this is suddenly I won't go anywhere without a book in my bag. And I realised that's how I grew up. I didn't buy a handbag that didn't fit a book in it. Whereas these days in LA, my handbag's enormous, but it's because I've got, you know, diapers and Tonka trucks and all the rest of it in there. But I never have a book because who reads when they drive? (coughs) But suddenly... I, drew, I, I came here on the tube to see you, and I finished the Rachel latest Rachel Cusk novel. Yeah. And I just sat there. Transport is, I, oh, of course, it is. I, 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 I absolutely agree. Now. I, I completely forget about that aspect of it. A bus and a train, you get to read, don't you? Yes. Of course, you do. And I've spent so much time reading on tubes. Yes. <laughs> so much time. It's the. I mean, there should be an actual verb for what happens when you miss your stop because you yeah. because you're buried in your book. Like that's well. happened to me yeah. enough times that I need an yeah, actual yeah. verb for it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's my sort of reverie about London transport. And yeah, yeah, it's um, worth it. I'm saying that because I, you know, I never leave. I think it came from carrying a book around all the time as well. I have to have a bag, like yeah. a handbag, man bag yes. now, they call it. Yeah. All the time. I can't yeah. go out without, because where am I going to put the... Where's the bag? Where's the it, where's it going to go? Yeah. yeah, the Kindle is a godsend, I have to say. It is for that. A godsend. It? The portability for that. is amazing. Yeah. for yeah. the massive, massive tome that you're reading today. Yeah. Problem is, I buy it twice. I know. Do you do Me that? too. I've got to have it twice. Me too, because I can't not have the hard copy no. anymore. Travel version and uh, and then the home version, home. Yeah. and then find out where I got to. <laughs> <laughs> do you do that? That's ridiculous, isn't, isn't it? it? But here's like my twice pitch. The cost. Here's my pitch for the book industry. I think if you buy the hard copy, you should be given the electronic copy. That is absolutely it? what should right? happen. I would pay a couple of quid extra yeah, so on I. every single hard copy I bought yeah, yeah, yeah. if that I automatically got the download of it doesn't yeah. that seem to you yeah that seems perfectly the obvious perfectly choice reasonable. they do that with albums records now. right if you buy an album you get the digital you don't get you the digital download. i thought so yeah that's a great idea to the book industry i'm yeah. sure i'm the only person who's thought of it yeah i think so um tell me about catcher in the rye how old were you when you read it oh remember? catcher in the rye catcher in the rye i think i must have been that was the first book i read 
don't, well, I mean, maybe we're going out of sequence here because I think the Stephen oh, King was yes, first. Yes, go for that one, whichever one makes sense. The Stephen King was like a gateway So in. the Stephen King is um, Salem's Lot, published 1975. Yeah, yeah. Stephen King, um, I, had a, I, I was obsessed with Stephen King as a teenage boy. Like a lot of teenage boys are, I think it's a horror thing. Mm. But that came about by watching Salem's Lot. Do you remember the TV show? Never saw it. Never saw it? No. Nope. With David Soul. No. And James Mason. You didn't no. see it? No, but I'm an absolute chicken about horror. I can't even read horror. Oh, I'm right, yeah. so impressionable. So no Stephen King for you. No. No, no. I, his books on writing I like. Yeah, they're very that, good, actually. Brilliant. Yeah, really good. Mm. But he's... Actually, no, you should. There is one about the assassination of um, Kennedy, 11... 26, 90, whatever it's called, 63. Yeah. That is wonderful. Oh, really? And it's not horror. Okay. It's, yeah, it's unput down. Oh, done. Yeah, it's stunning. Non-fiction then, presumably. Um, it is fiction, but it's about a guy that goes back in time to try and stop the assassination. Oh, wonderful. But it's really good. Okay, great. The characters, his characters good. are great. But yeah, I saw the, 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 the TV show, Salem's Lot, it must have been about eight, nine. Mm-hmm. Um, terrifying. Mm. Absolute terrifying. And then, saw the book in a shop and re- recognised the title and thought oh that's that show I didn't know it was a book so I'll, mm. I got the book and cl- was just completely hooked and it was about Stephen King it wasn't the horror I mean obviously kid, you like being shocked as mm. a kid but it was the fact that the book was scarier than the film really yeah that really hit me yeah and I thought this is better than the show amazing and the reason I got this is because of the show yes um, because the only reason I watched the show is because David Soul was the lead so I'm Starsky and Hutch oh uh, okay it was all just you know, chance yes and then realised that the book was better uh, so much more detail and then I realised what, um, what what writing could do you know with your what imagination and just bury yourself into it and I think also this thing about maybe discovering it myself is because I was a bit of a loner as a kid mm-hmm. and I think reading is a mm-hmm. is a go-to as soon as you discover totally. it that you can sit in a corner with your head in this mm. and no one's going to bother you mm. you do it don't you completely so that's what yeah I got really into it because it was um, you know a private thing that I could do and, yeah. Yeah, yeah how interesting did you know you wanted to act at that young age yeah no, no 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 you were just watching telly for the joy of watching telly watching and... telly um, playing yeah l- learning guitar and you know being into Elvis and yeah and, so and more musically inclined at that, even at that age more mu- yeah very musically inclined I was on, on stage with my dad when I was like 11 you were playing uh, clubs weren't you yeah I was doing like clubs and I grew up in like you know dressing rooms and but um, but the book thing came to me by myself, yeah. and the Stephen King was the first one, the first time I ever thought, wow, because um, he's such a good writer, and, and people get very snobby about him, but his characters are his character um, development and study, and he's so so brilliant, mm. so brilliant, mm. and I was blown away by it and then I read everything by Stephen King did you? yeah I just kept reading him you know couldn't stop and then stopped with The Catcher in the Rye oh really? weirdly yeah so you Stephen King gorge until then gorge Stephen King as much as I could and then what got you to Catcher in the Rye? Catcher in the Rye weirdly it was that it was the music thing again it was I kept reading about it I kept reading the title or or hearing it someone talking about it but what first alerted me to it, and, and the, the reason I first thought, oh, I need to read that, was... was it Mark Chapman? Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. It was because John Lennon died. I was ten. Yeah. Very vivid image in my head about him dying, my dad crying, 
remember it very, very well, and on the news, and they mentioned The Catcher in the Rye. Right. And he was reading The Catcher in the Rye, and I just thought, that's that book again. And I thought, I've got to read that. Age 10? No, no, no. It was, it was, oh, it, so that, that put it into my Got head. it, right. And then, yeah, so after the Stephen King thing, so I'd go in and look for more Stephen King. I thought, you know, I need to read something else. And then it popped into my head. I thought, that book, the book, The Catcher in the Rye, I need to read that. So I read that, and that just blew my mind. Were you a teenager? Yeah. I was yeah. like, yeah, maybe 13. So young then, fourteen, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. I think it was then, yeah, yeah. Because but once I started reading, I was just nonstop, yeah. Right? So and that was the first kind of one that I thought, oh, actually, this is a proper grown-up. Not to be snobby about Stephen King, but this is like a classic. Yes, so sure. apparently, yeah. So, and 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 I found it so accessible, yes, and so easy to read. Yes. That I thought this is a classic, yeah. So I should read some more classics because yes. this is actually really good. Did you? <laughs> really simple. So it was your gateway drug to the it classics. It was a gateway, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. But it was also that thing of, of the man alone um, uh, on his, you know, the, like Billy Liar. Mm-hmm. Um, just this guy with, and, and also Raskolnikov later on, mm-hmm. with, with his own inner dialogue. Um, which is why I don't think Catcher in the Rye has ever been filmed. Because well, you can't thought, film it, can No, you? everybody's tried. Salinger would never give up the rights. Yes, that's right. So he wouldn't he's, give up, yeah. No, yeah, so, he so he's, no. And Even he's, after his death? Yeah, they, they will never... They will never film it. No, they will <laughs> never, ever great. film it, which is, is wonderful. Yeah. I bet everybody's tried to get it. Everybody, yeah, yeah. literally, from Brad Pitt to David Lee, you name it, they've yeah. all had a good pop at it. It's so interesting because Catcher in the Rye has come up a few times, I think. And if not Catcher in the Rye, uh, if I'm not wrong, Murray, who did season one, picked Franny and Zoe as, oh, know, yes. as one of hers. Yeah. And I'm always struck by the ones that repeat because they're unsurprising. Like Dickens comes up a lot. Of course. Jane Austen comes up a lot. Yeah. And Catcher in the Rye comes up a lot. Catcher in the Rye, particularly for the men. And you and I'm not... Yeah. It, it's, it seems like this very male rite of passage. Yes. And I loved, passionately loved Catcher in the Rye. I have reread it multiple times over the years. And yet I wouldn't have put it as one of my formative ones. Yeah. Because... Not to the degree of Huckleberry Finn, which really did feel like I was reading about an alien race. Yeah. Hol- Holden Corfield, I remember feeling like, oh, I I know what you mean by phony. I, yeah. I know what you mean by calling out the grown-ups or wincing when they're talking in a way that feels patronising, yeah. either to you or to someone else. Or I, I, I related to that, but the the maleness of it felt very other. And, I, and I'm realising, as I get older, that... I lived a particularly female existence. I was raised by a single mum. I went to an all-girls school all the way through until 18. I mean, literally, nursery school, I had boys in my class, but that finished when I was four and a half. And then I went to an all-girls school until I went to Oxford. Wow. And by that time, you're sort of fully formed. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you've got got stuff to come, but you're cooked in the oven in terms of how you self-define and things. In many ways, I think it was great for me in that I have. N- it has never occurred to me to think of myself as less than a man because I never had a man next to me to compare myself with. So yeah. I, I have really n- just always charged ahead, believing girls are fucking amazing. Yeah. So I've never really had that 
the inferiority or feeling like, oh, my brother's always ahead. Or, oh, okay. Yeah, do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, the yeah, sort yeah, of, yeah. Um, oh, my brother's being given opportunities that I'm not. Or right. he's being defined in that way, whereas I'm being defined as a girl. Yeah. I had nothing other than girls around me. So on the, in the plus column is this... It's not even feminism. It's just this huge sense of sort of empowerment that I've always yes, had. Yes. The downside is is that I feel like completely muscularly underdeveloped when it comes to the male psyche and that I had to get so much of that from books in terms of yeah, yeah, yeah. getting inside a male brain, understanding it, figuring it out. And yeah. I, I, it's why The Catcher in the Rye is such an interesting one and maybe why I revisit it so often because the... the the male adolescent psyche to me f- feels so other, so yeah. inaccessible. Yeah. I mean, it does to me right this second because I've got a 16-year-old You've got a 16-year-old boy. boy on your hands. How's it that going? Is. Wow, it's all true. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it's true. <laughs> the Kevin teenager thing is... Uh, it's true. It's, it's, yeah, it's it? like completely changed. It's, I, we, he's amazing and I love him. But yes. He's a full-on, spaced-out teenage boy. Yeah. Weirdly bought him... I bought him the catcher. I was going to say, has he read it? No. Still hasn't bloody read it. Right. I, but I, I keep trying to get him to read stuff. You know, he's not a massive... You know, it's different now because they're on games. He's a gamer. Yeah. And, you know. I bought him a couple of westerns and he's read um, um, The Sisters Brothers he liked. Oh, that was fun, yeah. It was fun. Have you mm, read that? Yeah, I loved it. Enjoyed it. And the, the, I've got him The but- Butcher's Crossing, John Williams. Brilliant. Which is fantastic. Brilliant. Which he still hasn't read yet. But he, he did read The Road. Oh, Carthage, good. Which he loved. I would think. Yeah, and he start because of the road. He started No Country for Old Men, which he stopped halfway through because he was doing exams. Anyway, but um, yeah, the whole teenage thing. So it is upstairs. And uh, do you know what? Weirdly, you saying that you've re- revisited it. I've never read it since. Haven't you? No. Maybe that's a. I'm just going to throw this out there. What if that were an incentive to read it together? What if you said let's both read it? Yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's a good idea. I'd like, I want to see it. I want to read it again. It would be amazing. Oh, like all these books, to do. Like, Salem's Lot as well. I, I read it, I read it then. Mm. And I've read Stephen King books. I rediscovered him, actually, recently-ish with that, um, uh, the Kennedy one. Yes, um, I'm going to write that one down. He is just a fucking great yeah. writer. Yeah. Can we go on a tinier side, just because you mentioned John Williams? Oh, but uh, yeah, I mean, Stoner. Fucking Stoner, Butcher's Crossing, oh. and then the Augustus. Oh, yeah, the, the, the Roman one, yeah. Uh, the three different styles. The, the, can you believe they all came from the same, same man? Guy. I mean, Stoner alone is just a work of art. I think Stoner must be up there in my top ten. I, I think it time. is mine, too. Mm. I really do. And then, yeah. and then once hand, someone handed me Butcher's Crossing, and I read it without really paying much attention to the writer, and got to the end and thought, well, that's extraordinary, and then realised it was the same him. guy. Yeah, crazy, isn't it's it? Astonishing. Yeah, what, a, what an underrated writer. Completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a writer. He's one of those fun ones that you hand people to sort of yeah. discover. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I always feel yes. like, oh, you, if I want to slyly show off, I give them Stoner. Yeah, that's, that's a good one, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Augustus is another one that yeah. just looks like... And one. also, if they didn't know about um, Butcher's Crossing or Augustus they, and they'd read Stoner. Oh, yeah. Then you just... Yeah, there's the slam dunk guy. right there. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the next one. So, Catcher in the Right, Salem's Lot... What comes next for you? Oh, I can't... What did Crime I Crime and Punishment, <laughs> yeah. Oliver Twist and East of Eden. Oh, I guess... Um, so, yeah, The Catcher in the Rye, the adolescent boy 
the thing, the phonies, all that. I really, really was really into that. And, and I got so into that kind of thing then, like Rebel Without a Cause, mm. which is, that's the reason I became an actor. Is that's it? the reason I became that, an actor. That movie? That film. Really? Yeah, yeah. That and Billy Liar, I think. So Tom Courtney and James Dean. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Together. Um, I see that. I blew see that my mind. You. That's a good mix. <laughs> That's a good mix. I, I could describe you as both those things. That's great. Yeah, so they were they were the the, the thing. Um, and so yeah. Where were we? What was next? So um, anything, crime and punishment, Oliver Twist. Yeah, so, so from there, I think what happened was, I mean, mad reader like you, and then years and years of uh, college and just reading, 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 reading for pleasure, for pleasure, for pleasure. Then went to drama school. And because I didn't go to university and I was from a very poor uh, background up north and like, amazingly got a grant to go to drama school. So I got there and um, I felt really inferior. Cause, you? Yeah, because people had come from like universities and colleges and they were well-read. They'd read all these Greek... Not, they'd read like Plato and Sophocles. And, and I just felt like I hadn't read any of them. You know, my catcher in the rye wasn't going to... Hold do it for classics, that, right. you know. So I thought, I am so behind here. I'm so, so behind. So I, I just read... Um, Plays uh, yeah. or, no- or no- well, novels? Both, because right. they whatever play we were doing... Um, I would obviously be working on that or plays instead of scenes or whatever. But f- behind the scenes, when I went home, I would just read Dickens and Dostoevsky and um, just to try and catch up. Wow. You know? What a work ethic, John. That's really fucking impressive. Yeah, I mean, I just thought I need to... Like you were talking about cultural touchstones yes. about the Bible. Yeah. There are lots of things you're not going to understand, aren't yeah, there? Like, no, sure. If you don't know what they're talking about. Like, for instance, like, like you said, Cain and Abel is East of Eden. Sure. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so I just thought it was important. Mm. Um, and then, of course, fell in love with Dickens mm. and Dostoevsky. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, the first one, the first Dickens, it's not necessarily my favourite. The first Dickens I read was Oliver Twist. And right. so then... Dickens, um, the wall was broken down because I was scared and, you know, I thought, I, uh, I'm not going to be able to... They're, they're boring, they're old, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get it. Um, Who gave you Oliver Twist? Do you remember? So you, how did you get to that one first? Do you remember? Or was I think it just I just... Chance? I went, I looked at them all and thought, where do I start? Right. <laughs> Fucking hell, do I start? Yeah. And thought, I've seen the film of Oliver Twist. Uh-huh. I, I know Oliver Twist. Yeah. I know the story. Mm-hmm. Oliver. Mm. So I bought Oliver Twist. Mm-hmm. I thought it'll be this will be the lightest, you know, most childish. That's not the right phrase, but you know, this should be the easiest gateway into sure. Dickens. But was absolutely blown away by him. Mm. Completely changed my life. His Dickens. Uh, you know, it was like wow, mm. wow. In what way were you? Descriptions, yeah. and language, and once you, it's like learning a new language, isn't mm. it? And once you get into it, and mm. once you. You, you, you're familiar with it. Mm. It just opens up like a, and off you go. You know? Yeah, yeah. It took me maybe a chapter of going back and going, what? Who's this? What? What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then yeah, and then it just blew my mind. And it was far um, dirtier and grittier than I yeah. thought it was going to be. Yeah. I mean, it's brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. And, oh. and, and, and the social conscience that's going on in it. It's so weird. I'm always struck with Dickens that you've got these two things going on where you've got this radical reformer in him who is yeah. out to change the workhouse laws, the poor laws, the way families are sp- split up. Yeah. 
the way you know orphans are treated and all of that there's this sort of zealot who is unapologetically i mean i think i'm right and say i think this is right i think oliver twist is the first novel one of the first novels where a child is the hero it then became oh, a trope okay. but he, yeah. i think he was one of the first people to right. do it and he was certainly one of the first people to write about to set an entire novel in the slums in the absolute yeah, yeah, yeah. underbelly yeah. of it yeah. so there's all of this sort of um you know like i say that dickens the radical and then next to this um dickens the conservative which he sort of can't help himself like he's as he were as they all were in that time so you can't you can't extract a writer from the time that they're born into but he's obsessed with birth and nobility and gentlemanliness and that oliver you know even in the midst of this fucking slum and fagin and the underworld that he's in but oliver always behaves like a gentleman and and he does and it turns out that he is indeed of noble birth and 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 all his stories are, are about that. Now, this is like me saying, oh, Jane Austen only wrote about tea parties. You, know, you write what you know and you write yeah, the world yeah. that you live in and you can't transcend that. But I'm always, it always is interesting to me, this intersection of who Dickens is, this push for social change, bringing massive awareness to yeah. a complete underclass that yeah. was existing and supporting society at the time. And then this part of himself that he can't write away from, which is mm. blood will out and... Um, nobility is something you're born to sort yeah. of thing yeah, yeah 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 and yeah. and and that we aspire to i mean even pip in great expectations is just yeah which i think is probably my favorite that and david copperfield yeah i think i mean they change yeah. changes it's like my favorite beatles album <laughs> <laughs> changes. Yeah. I, I remember finishing david copperfield and putting it on putting it down to think right that is the greatest book i've ever read oh. and it will never change it will never until change. i read like the brothers Karamazov. <laughs> no, no, that that is, is in yeah. fact the yeah. greatest yeah. one. Yeah. Have you reread Oliver Twist recently? Do you? No, not no, since. I haven't reread not since anything. drama school. No, no, no. Do you? Are you a rereader or not? Do you tend? Do you know to? what? No, not really, mm. because there are so many fucking no, books. I'm the same. I find it really difficult. I thought. Well, I think. Well, I got through that. I mean, like for instance, the brothers Karamazov, which was an epic undertaking. Yeah. And, you know, God bless my Kindle. I thought it was going to explode. <laughs> I can't take take any more Karamazov. (laughs) But eventually it ended. You know, and then you think, oh, I finished it. Oh my God, it's over. I've I've done it. It's not like it's a trial to be over, Mm. but I've come through that massive journey and like, oh. And I cannot imagine starting again. But having said that, there are so many bits in it that I, I that are now already fading into like mm. memory. Mm. Um, you know, I can, what, the, the bit with the priest in the cell and, the, and the, the, some quotes that I had in my head are, are fading away. It's like Hamlet, all goes, mm. <laughs> it'll fade mm. away. Mm. Um, so going back and reading a, an epic like that, when there are others that I haven't read, mm. I guess I'll, maybe when I'm a lot older I'll mm. go back. Mm. But I think I will go back to Catch Me in the Rye. Because I had a similar experience recently with Catcher. I mean, if I'd have read um, Camus' The Outsider mm. as a teenager, mm. which I didn't, mm. that would have blown my tiny little mind as well. Because it blew my tiny little mind when I read it about a year ago. Yeah. I was, I'd never read it. That's when I need to reread. We did it, for, I did French A-level and we were set it as for, for that. And so I read it in French, which I remember it wow. just being wow. this sort of massive achievement yes. that I'd read a novel in that French. Is. So the whole of The Outsider, to me, is simply about this sort of massive tick in a box. Right, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't actually remember 
that much about it. I remember it being. I I remember I have I have like like we were saying at the beginning. I have that wash of feeling that I associated it with it, with sort of a haziness and a figure on the beach yes. and a strange feeling of dislocation all the time and this this gun that's there. Yes, and the I, sunlight. It, the sunlight. The I have, of an exactly. Yeah. I have I have like odd camera flashes of it yes, and, a, yeah. and, a, and a mood that I know is the book, but I don't actually have the book. But that's all, it, but isn't it? That's what you take That's what you take, That's what you've got in your head, yeah. There's a sort of fading Polaroid. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's a really good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tell me about the next one, then. Maybe the next one is... Well, I don't know. Since we were talking about Karamazov, maybe we should talk about um, Crime and Punishment. Crime and Punishment. First, again, I mean, first Dostoevsky that I read. 1866. I would like to throw the date in. Um, Now, you've played Raskolnikov. I have. Had you read it before that? Yes, I had. had it you? was my favourite book. Really? And that's the reason I desperately wanted the part. Um, and so I have reread. I've read it twice. I, re- I read that. So when twice. did you read we, that Was that a college one as well, drama school? I read it at drama school. Mm-hmm. Um, for, so, I, yeah, I started off with Dickens and Dostoevsky. And they were both my first, hence why they're there. And, and Crime and Punishment is... I still think it may be, maybe, maybe my favourite. <laughs> I'm not going to ask I you. Know. I don't, you don't, don't have know. to. Don't know, but, you don't have to commit to it. But it's not as good as the Brothers Karamazov. It was my father's favourite book, so was it, it holds a soft spot for me. Does yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's perfect. Mm. It's perfect. And mm. yeah, obviously, I went into the novel big time when I played him because mm-hmm. it's all in his head. Mm. The narrative is in his head. Very, very difficult to film, but you know, I was very proud of what we did with it. With Ian McDermott, with Paul Feary, and. Mm. It was, Who it wrote was the script? Do you remember? Tony Marchant. Uh huh. Yeah. And he, did he make? How, how did he make this interiorness? I mean, how did he render that on screen? The f- camera was there all the time. Right in your face. In my face. Yeah, it was like circling around my head. Wow. And it was going round as he was pounding through the streets of St Petersburg. And, and you shot on location. Yeah, we filmed it there. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. It was an incredible thing um, to do. Amazing. Yeah, because they to them. It is Hamlet. Of course. I mean, it is their... It's like their, their Sherlock Holmes. Right. Is he real? Did he... I mean, his house is there. You can go and visit Raskolnikov's no. house. Is it the, the apartment with the little door that's described and you have to crouch to get in is no. there. It's an actual it's site. It's an actual house. And, and did you film there? No. No, we didn't film inside it, but outside it. Right. The exterior, uh, because there's graffiti everywhere. But there's graffiti all over the, uh, the staircase. Rodion... Um, Loads of like Russian graffiti about the old woman Babushka. Wow! Um, pictures of him with an axe. Um, yeah, it's it's incredible. I mean, and people w- would watch us film it, and um, they would have the fucking book in their heads, oh, amazing in their pockets. Amazing. You know? I think they all have to read it. Right. It's like on the syllabus. Right. So it's uh, it, it was a big deal, yeah. And it was and it was white nights, and I broke my rib on the first day of filming. How? I sort of I was running away from the pawnbroker's um, place. Uh-huh. I ran into an extra who helped me. And, but in a weird, weird, weird kind of way, because I was in such discomfort, it was really helped. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> helped. I, no sleep and a pain in my rib helped the, the part. It was an amazing experience. But we also, because we were filming it, we went to Dostoevsky's house 
where he wrote it in no. St. Petersburg. In St. Petersburg. Yeah, which is now a museum. Yeah. So it was one of those places where they <clears throat> there's a cordon and his office is exactly as he left it. Really? They stopped the clock and he really? died. Really? And his daughter wrote uh, on the back of a, a matchbox or something, Father died at 8.05 this evening mm-hmm. and the clock is stopped at 8.05. Oh, and wow. she wrote it immediately and, and it, it, she put it there with his pen that he was working on this... And it's been a complete untouched. So it was an incredible experience. And they let me in because we told them I was playing my skull. Yeah. So I went past the court and uh, sat at the desk. Oh, no, I had chills. Yeah. Sat at the desk, looked out the window, you know, all the manuscripts. This is where he wrote it. Wow. Looking out of this window. I mean, wow. It was extraordinary. With that pen. It's oh. so amazing to think, given the upheaval and the, the, the sort of extraordinary convulsions that Russia's been through since then, that despite all the revolutions, despite all the rewritings of history that have happened, that that, was a, that, that has been allowed to stay. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. it survived Stalinism, Khrushchev, Gorbachev, yes, that yes. all these people have had the reverence to know this This we do not fuck with. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, this yeah. we do not. Yeah. This, this is a cultural icon with whom we do not yeah. brush. Yeah. It's um, yeah. It a very some, important one. This it, man can define us yes. as a people. Yeah. It yeah. gives me some comfort. I'm... I'm, I'm Particularly aware of it because on the plane on the way over, I watched the death of Stalin, which is yes. Did one, you like it? I, I Isn't it? Adored it. Great. I, I just. I had to watch it twice. I couldn't believe how wonderful so it was. Funny. I, I was just like. I, I just maybe. Do you know what it did? It made me want to be a man to have been in it uh, yeah. because there was only yes. one woman in it, and yes. she did a brilliant job in it. Yes. But I was just like, oh. God, the money I'd have given to play oh, any man. of these roles. But what I loved, too, was that absurd and Ianucci genius as it was, it made me run to Wikipedia when I got to the hotel that we were staying at to go and Google all these different people. Just, oh, yeah. just I just wanted to see, like, who was Beria, really? And who was, you know, and, and I knew Khrushchev came next, but what was his yeah, story and things? Yeah. And realising how much history they crammed into that miraculous movie. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, it was it was... It's not a documentary, but it was brilliantly conceived and economical with how much it got in there and how much rewriting of history happened during and after and, you know, immediately post-Stalin. Anyway, that was what suddenly made me think of how wonderful it is to think of that desk still sitting there intact and that no Stalinist came and, you know, threw it out or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I thought like when it went to everybody at the end and it, it, it said what happened to them all, yeah. and I, kind of, I thought, oh, of course, that's who. Oh, yes, he's yes. And then I thought, I've got, I've got to watch this again. Yeah, no, <laughs> Dave, watch it again. Yeah, yeah. Davy's uh, Davy's watching it again because he thought just sat there going, this is what I want Get Shorty to be like. I just yeah. want it to be this. It's so brilliant. Yeah, it's very very clever. Um, yeah. Um, have you reread Crime and Punishment? Or are you done with it now after two two Twice. iterations? That's plenty. <clears throat> plenty. In it. it could be done. Plenty. <laughs> maybe, maybe one day I'll read it again because it, it is. Oh, it's just fucking great, isn't it? The whole idea of his argument. <clears throat> you know, great men don't live by normal rules, and, and to kill this 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 old woman, this pawnbroker, this bloodsucker <clears throat> would would put me through college. Mm. And I would be able to contribute to society in an mm-hmm. amazing way. So surely mm-hmm. that's the end worth it, yeah. isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, she's just a pawnbroker. Mm-hmm. But then it happens, and the fact that it happens right at the beginning, and then he has to live with it, mm-hmm. and and it's the guilt that gets him mm-hmm. eventually. And, Did it know, prep you for Hamlet? Do you think massively, mm-hmm. massively? Yeah, um, and and also you know all these like, like the, there's a through line of all these all these people alone holding Caulfield and. 
um, uh, James Dean read without calls. Or, um, the guy in um, uh, on the be- killing the Arab on the beach, mm. the outsider. All these people, men alone. Um, culminate in Raskolnikov mm. and Hamlet, yeah. I think. Mm. They're the two peaks mm. of that like, genre. It's not a genre, Yeah, no, 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 is but it? trope, yeah. whatever, yeah. 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 yeah, I think. Yeah. And, yeah, wow, you know, how lucky to play both. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing, and they're thinking about it like that, you know. It really is, it's fuck. extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to hazard that it's more than just luck, John. I'm just well, going well, to throw just, that out there. Very lucky, very lucky. But yeah, it did actually, it, they are very, very similar. Yeah, it's interesting, because the, the, breaking it down with you, it's like, oh, these were, that was all lying in wait, ready yes. for you to reap with... Hamlet, in a way. Yeah, and it made Hamlet less daunting, the fact that I'd played Raskolnikov. Right. Is there a reason uh, there isn't a play amongst these five? Did it occur to you, even? No, it didn't even occur to me. Mm. And I guess, asking me now what the reason, probably the reason is, because that's work. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's work. I, it, I assumed that it, it would just be... No, I... It, listen, you, you interpret... I mean, a lot of plays have changed, you know, have had effects on me, but... But it's actually shaping... Just work, yeah. yeah. No, it's interesting, because this is why I love the, the... This is why I love throwing out the question, because people interpret it so differently. Yeah. I interpreted it because I had my editor interview me for season one, yeah. just so I could have it figure out what it was like to sit in the hot seat. Yeah. And... It was really fun and, and provocative because I realised, A, how fucking hard it is to come up with the five. Yeah. That maybe two or three present themselves quite quickly. But then getting the last two was really, really hard. I mean, I physically had to go and stand in front of my bookcase. Yes. And then at one point I rang mum and said, could you read me off my English bookcase? And she was like, no, get alive. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the internet or something. But... Um, but I, similarly to you, I didn't have a play in there. And I, weird, the, the, yeah. And, and I toyed with it. There was um, a Stoppard play that I want to do with you, The Real Thing, yes, that I've told you about. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, and, the, and a Pinter play, The Lover. Both of those were ones that I wrestled, uh, not wrestled with, but for a moment was like, did they breed my love of theatre in mm. some way? Did that sort of kickstart the actress thing? And then it still felt like... Um, it felt like a reach. Do you know what I mean? It felt yeah. like me artificially arriving at a book that that proved that that was what I. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yes, do you know yes, what yes. I mean? It yeah, felt. Yeah, yeah. It, it didn't feel an organic choice. Yes. It felt like. Yes. And here's my play amongst yes, my five I know books. You mean, yeah. It felt too curated. That's the <clears throat> word I'm after. So. Yeah. I, I would be my if it was a play, it would be Pinter. Would it? Yeah. It would definitely. It would be the homecoming. Oh, uh, really? Watch, in, actually watching it with Warren Mitchell and. Sherry Lungi, that blew my mind as well. Uh-huh. I mean, because I just thought that I don't know. This is as good as Shakespeare, mm. but it's modern yeah. and it, it's young and it's brutal and it's right up my street. Uh-huh. You know, poetic and stark and simple and love Pinter. Yeah. So yeah, the lover I love as well. Yeah. It's great. Lovely, yeah. brilliant, superb. Isn't it? Yeah. I, I love that. Just the one where the. They don't speak for ages, oh, do they? No. And 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 then he gets ready. And she goes. He walks out the door and he says, "Oh, by the way, is your lover coming this yes. afternoon?" And then they, it's <laughs> just it's just wonderful. So disarming. It was, it was the first play I did at Oxford, and uh, I'll never forget. I did it in this tiny little tiny little black box theatre, and my mum came to see it, and she brought my little brother, who at the time must have been 
I'm going to say 13 or 14. And, you know, it's a black box theatre that seats 45 or 50 or something. And I can, so I can dimly see my mum and my brother sitting there in the back row, but I'm doing my best to ignore them. And in a, in a loud whisper, as the husband goes to work, my brother turns to mum and goes, I bet there isn't a lover. I bet he's the lover. <laughs> and I'm just like frozen thinking, you fucker. <laughs> you just ruined my whole play. <laughs> Oh my God, and really. also, like, just how, got the lights how up. have I been rumbled by my 14-year-old brother? <laughs> Who'd never even read it. <laughs> never read it. He doesn't know. He was on an outing from Pepsico. It's just psyched to be oh, out. No. no, just so, so funny. Is it something I've done? I know, I've given exactly. the whole game away. <laughs> I remember sort of looking over my shoulder in this way. I'm like, fuck, I hope no one else heard. Anyway, oh, there we are. Carry on. That's funny. Yeah. Um... Your last book, East of Eden, John Steinbeck, 1952. Oh. Another James Dean. Had you seen the book? Oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. Had you seen that, that movie? It occurred to me. Yeah, of course it is. Because um, I've seen the movie. I've really confessed. I've not read East of Eden. I've done Grapes of Wrath. I've never read East of Eden. I've only seen the movie. I haven't seen... Haven't oh, no, I, no, I did see the movie when I was a kid. Right. I was obsessed with James Dean. He only made three, didn't he? Yeah. So I definitely saw you the movie. saw it. But it, that didn't even occur to me when, when I read it. What did occur to me when I read it was that only half of the book is in the movie. Oh, really? It's half the book. Oh, really? It's the second half. The second half, Yeah, right. the first half, like, in that much of it, yeah. before you get to that bit. Right. And I just thought, well, that's not even the book. <laughs> that's, the movie's not even the book. Um, even though he was fucking great in it, obviously, and it was, it was really well done. It was like Kazan, wasn't it? It was really well done. Yeah. Um, but no, loved it so much, didn't want to see the movie after that. Same with The Grapes of Wrath. Yeah. Um, and I've only just seen To Kill a Mockingbird film. Oh, really? Yeah, because I love the book so oh, much. Oh, yes. Got, no, no, whatever you do with it, it's not going to be as good as my imagination. Yeah. But do you know what? I was fucking wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did pretty, pretty good. wonderful. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. 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 Oh. I watched it and weeping at the end. Just, Sobbing. I hold my hands yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I now have The Greats of Wrath in cellophane on DVD, and I will read it one day. Yeah. Because that's an Oscar-winning film with Henry Fonda. It's bound yes. to be pretty good. It's pretty good. But the books, Steinbeck. Yeah. Oh. Steinbeck. I mean, I, I read Greats of Wrath first, mm. and I—if you put a gun to my head, I would say probably that's the better. If, if I had to say which one I preferred, or, I don't know. Can you do that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Why would you? Why would you put a gun to my head? <laughs> Make me <laughs> guess tell what? You I which won't. One, which I won't. Um, but yeah, I mean, Greats of Wrath. I, the ending. Probably the greatest ending of a book ever. I've ever read in my life. Mm, that, so that image, astonishing. extraordinary image, just astonishing. And and yeah, everybody goes, oh, it's so dark, it's so depressing, and it is dark and depressing, but it's so good, it's mm. so so good. Mm. Um, but with East of Eden, somebody um, Liz White actually, who was in Life on Mars, mm. she bought it for me and said, "Have you read?" This and I said, "No, I've read Greats of Wrath, mm-hmm. but this is my favourite book of all time." So mm. And um, I think the, the, the effect it had on me was it made me want to um, chase the great American novel. Mm. And ever since, I've been trying to chase it and never, it's never matched up to, right. great, to, to East of Eden. Because yeah. it is biblical, mm. bi- literally yeah. biblical. Yes. I mean, the characters, his fucking writing, oh. Everything about it. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I remember reading East of Eden and 
dreaming about it as I was reading it and waking up from the dream at like two thirty, three o'clock in the morning and thinking, I've, I've got to read it. Really? I've got to get out of bed now and read it. Really? I'm dreaming about it. Yeah. Yeah, and so I, I, would, I got up and went upstairs. And it's the only book I've ever done that with. Yeah. I mean, I would, Had to I, keep I would have set the alarm yeah. to get up an hour earlier. Yeah. Just to read some before I... Yeah. I didn't want it to end. You know, you have that with lots of books. Yeah, no, but I know what you mean. Many, many books. Yeah. But I'm with you. It's, it's also... There's a... Um, I mean, it's set in Salinas in California, mm. and I I think it there is something so quintessentially Californian about it, about these people yeah. forming themselves out of dust. I mean, it is a biblical book; yeah. it is Cain and Abel, but there's yeah. also Gen- there's just like there's the whole of Genesis in there. It's yeah. these sort of this this self constructed family it is the american dream it is these this is the this is in many ways the opposite of dickens this is not us inheriting an entire class structure and system that's crumbling and sewers that have been around for you know 400 years and children running around in them this is this is society organizing itself in front of our very eyes yes be it forming right yeah and that to me is is sort of yeah fascinating and and particularly coming from a absolutely completely different Worldview. It's yes. interesting. Steinbeck wrote that I love this quote. He said he set out to write a book so simple in its difficulty that a child can understand it. Oh wow! Isn't that lovely? Yeah, that's fantastic. I love that, and I thought that seems almost the de- that's almost like the definition of myth is to come up with something that's so simple in its difficulty yeah. that a that child really can is, understand yeah, it. Isn't it? Good. It feels like that sort of when you're writing something that essential. I mean, he, he loved it. It was his favourite book, Steinbeck. Yeah, he, yeah, He yeah, felt yeah. prouder of it. He, I, got, I, I was reading about it, and he was saying that he sent it to his editor saying, um, you know, I've written a book that everybody's going to hate, and it's not, it's not what's in vogue, and it's not what everybody's writing, and it's not Hemingway, who was, you know, storming the bestseller list at the time. And yet it, it um, went immediately onto the best-selling list, and it's never been out of print. God, it's, so. I mean, it's so much better than Hemingway. I'm sorry. I'm sorry but, Is it? You know, I yeah. think so, yeah. yeah. I mean, Hemingway, yeah. Yeah, so much. I, I, I became obsessed with him after Grapes of Wrath, so I, and then after that, I, just, I read everything. I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, the, you know, the gun to the head again thing. Yeah. Maybe favourite author? Really? Steinbeck? Really? I think so. Because I think you recommended... The Sun to me, S O N. Is that oh, yeah, was that Philip you? Mayer? Philip Mayer book a while ago. Yes. Which because uh, I because we're just going back to what you were saying about reading books that were chasing the sort of or chasing books that the were the great, great American. American novel. Dr- yes, exactly, yeah. and these Western ones yes. that feel very male, very um, lone, uh, lone man or lone family battling the elements, yeah, battling yeah, yeah. you know against all odds. Yeah. And uh, I started the sun, and I couldn't get into it. Really? Like, no, I couldn't. Really? I'll go back to it. I oh, definitely wow, will. Because I, I couldn't put it down. After right. That. I think no, I remember you raved to me about. I have it in caps in my list. Oh, really? Like, the sun, John Sim. Maybe raves. it's because I just finished it. Right. But I, I've read quite a few big epic novels like that, and, and it's all because of Eastman. Jonathan Franzen does yes. them a lot. Doesn't yes. He? Yes. Yes. Although um, his are more urban, but yes. Yeah, more urban. Yeah. But I mean, in in that, the, just the, the ambition of it. The, yeah. The, Huge amount of characters and the, the, the dynasty that yes. goes on, the time spent. Yes. And um, there was, uh, what did I read recently that I, it was really very clever and very, very. Paul Oster, oh, 4321. Oh, I haven't read it. Oh, 
Oh, really? So good. Oh, good. That was another one. Oh, great. That was like the Goldfinch. Have you read the Goldfinch? Donatart? Yes, Donatart, which was one. Which had never wanted to end. It was one of those. Yeah. I just want to be in that world forever. But I mean. I felt that way about The Secret History, I have to say. I haven't read The Secret History. Have you not? No. I just. I was so obsessed with The Goldfinch. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. I will go, I will read it. It's fun, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the Oster one is like that. I never, ever, ever wanted it to end. Yeah. And, but. The, the first book I I remember every uh, you know the complete opposite of um, the brothers Karamazov when it suddenly stopped and you thought <gasps> it's, <done."> it's over. <laughs> 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 yeah. and not that it should be a, a you know it's not like working down a mine it's not like the end of the world reading it but with this one I East of Eden I remember slowing down mm. and I do this a lot now anyway mm. I did it with the the Austin the Goldfinch and I remember slowing down thinking it's going to end soon I, 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 don't, can't, I bear can't bear it to yeah. I don't know what I'm going to read next, but yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm, I'm, no. not, I'm probably not going to read it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm going to stop now. I'm going to stop reading. <laughs> so it was one of those. Yeah. But that was the first time I ever, ever felt, had that experience with East of Eden, I think. That just, that is so epic. Yeah. I will never come down from yeah. that story. Yeah. You know. And then chased all these other stories, you know, like Cannery Row and Sweet Thursday. Mm-hmm. Beautiful books and mm-hmm. co- comedies, some of them. Yeah. Um, I remember when we, we drove to... Uh, um, uh, where, where's he set Cannery Row? Um, um, uh, uh, Monterey. Yeah, Monterey. Uh, yeah. And we drove, we, because we drove past it, we were driving from L.A. to... When we were doing the catch, yes. we drove from L.A. to San Francisco and we stopped at Monterey. Yeah. And we went to... Canary Row? Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It's funny, yeah, it's so got amazing. a little sign and stuff. Yeah, yeah it's lovely. Yeah. yeah. Um, last few questions. What are you reading now? Oh, you, no, you finished the Paul Oster. Yeah, I finished that. That's done. That was a couple ago. Oh, my God, it's so ridiculous. I remember we've got about five. Me too. All the time. Uh, it's the only because I'm travelling that I'm on a streamlined version. But um, yes. I'm going back to six deep piled by the bed and they've all started. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I'm reading... Oh, I just think it's a fucking great one, actually. It's not a fictional, it's, um, it's about the Congo. Mm. Um, King Leopold's Ghost. Oh, I've heard about this, oh yes. It was supposed to be amazing. Amazing. Amazingly researched, right? Insane detail about the whole thing, yeah. yeah. And yeah. The, the numbers in it, what happened, the yeah. genocide. Gob- I mean, gobsmacking, yeah. absolutely gobsmacking. I had no idea about any of that, yeah. any of that. So that was quite a... yeah. Uh, an incredible read um, but at the moment I am reading what am I reading I've just finished one and I've just started one I hate that um, oh I'm reading um, uh, Philip Roth oh which one uh, the ghost writer oh yes it's wonderful love oh, Philip Roth wonderful because oh, that's the first Zuckerman isn't it uh, is it I think Maybe. so yeah. I think so yeah. that's why so, so there's these three that I need to read and then I need to read I married a communist because I've read the other two around it I'm just catching up on I Philip Roth. I haven't read a communist. I um, American Pastoral is oh. is just to this day uh, oh, one of the great great novels Isn't it? ever written. Yeah, yeah. I mean, talk about we talk about great American novels. That, that, there we go. I, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I um, Davy reads so so little because he's always flat out with work. So I curate every year the one book for him to read. Oh, fantastic! So I literally spend the year. God, he's so lucky to get it all filtered through. for him what the one book will be, and and you know sometimes it's the bestseller of the year. So <coughs> it was a Jonathan Franz, not the Corrections um, Freedom. Yes, yeah, great. You know that Lovely. there was that one. Yeah. And then there was another year. 
and I couldn't find the book of the year, and so I just handed him American Pastoral and said, "This is old, but you really should have read, read it. it." Yeah, and it it, it blew him away. Mm. So then the next one he read was The Plot Against America, like that was oh, yeah. his next book of the year because I yeah. couldn't because he was now on a Philip Roth tilt, by yes. which I mean he reads one book a year. But anyway. Uh, He's, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess he's lucky. He, get, he gets, he gets his. No, he is really lucky. It's like he gets the, it filtered. It's for like him. the Willy Wonka factory. He all goes through all this, all this these years. They all like pop down. They pop out of this little little thing. Little everlasting gobstopper in his hand. Pops out. <laughs> and he goes, "This is the one that you need to read. This is the perfect book. That's great." I know. But yeah, human stain. Every man. Oh, yes. oh. Um, you know what? Ghostwriter is not a bad movie. Have you seen it? No. It's not terrible. Watch the... Read the book. Read yeah, the book, read yeah, the book. But it's, yeah. but it's, you know... It's fascinating. I mean, he thinks he's found Anne Frank. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I've only just started it, but I, I'm, I don't think it's that long either because I seem to be quite a way through it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's... But I've just bought one that I read... Somebody... I think we get recommendations. Usually it's a friend or... But yeah. I read Patty Smith talking about this um, Japanese writer mm. and I've just bought his book called... Oh, God, I can't remember it's on there that, and that's next up oh nice but you know you've got like a backlog yeah things come in and part themselves I and do, take up I do I so do many. I know I'm the same and then, so I, and then I have to sort of stop myself then I have to be like you're not allowed to buy another one for at least two weeks or something while you catch up yeah and yeah. sometimes you think you're, you're doing it a disservice by reading something else at the same time. But I always make sure that they're completely different, like yes. non-fiction. No, I'm the same. No, a my... biography of Leonard Cohen. Yeah, plowing through. I have been for years. Wow. Yeah, I think I started. It I, when feel I was feel like I was going to say. I feel like that one's been an still ongoing going, one. Still going. Still okay, going. Good, yeah, right, just a little bit by bit in between books. Long life. Yeah. What can you do? <laughs> Long life. He's an old man. Um, final question. I'm going to put a gun to your head. Oh, Get one book finally. on your desert island. One book. One book. Oh, <laughs> Could be one of these five. Oh, Could be another one. God. Could be the Bible. Could be, you know. I think, you know what, it would be... <laughs> um, I think it would be... I, the, the, there's a... a and the, the, these, this guy's just written this, this huge tome about the Beatles uh-huh. and it's part one of a three-parter and he, he, I think he may die before he finishes it but it is Proustian uh-huh. in its detail uh-huh. and I know that story very, very, very well yes. and so you but could probably write it I, I very, could write it, yeah yes. I know every detail of all of it but this, this the detail in this was extraordinary <laughs> really? and the, the Hamburg and everything and it is a doorstopper I am I'm doing a thing with my hands right now like, like, to show you how thick it was. Yeah. It's a doorstopper. And it finishes just as they release their first single. Known <laughs> first single. Yeah. So it starts off as like a history of Liverpool in the war, the pre-war. And McCartney's father and Lennon's father. And, the, and eventually, about 500 pages into it, they're born. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then they're there. And it's... Um, and I, I actually the other day I considered rereading it. No, you didn't. Yeah, because it made me happy. Yeah, and it made me cry. And I, I, there is something about them that is just touched with magic for me. Yeah, I, I know. anything about them, I read about them, and I think, um, I think that's the last time. I don't know if you're going to ask this, but the last time I cried at a book was mm-hmm. the description. Which I know, but their description of them returning from Hamburg and playing a gig in Liverpool after being in Hamburg mm. and becoming really good. Mm. And the description of someone in the audience when the curtains went back and suddenly they started playing 
and it was like people were looking at each other going oh my god oh. what's happened to them you know oh, wow. and I think like McCartney just went into the first two lines of Long Tall Sally and and the just description of it made me cry really yeah so I think it it might be that or, or there's a book called Revolution in the Head which is um, um, a detailed study of every single song they ever did, mm-hmm. which is in the loo, whichever mm-hmm. you just dip into whenever you want, which is great. So I think it might be something like that. Could, so not fiction, yeah. because I'll know what's going to happen. Sure. But I can read about it. Like, I don't know, there's a weird thing with the Beatles. I have it with Laurel and Hardy as well. They just make me cry. Oh. When I think about them, look at them, watch them, listen to them. Yeah. I, I think it's just called magic. Yeah, I think They've got really... an aura of magic around yeah. them. Yeah. So it might, it'll probably be that Beatles book, which, by the way, is called All These Years, Tune In, Volume 1. Okay, brilliant. I'm going to let you Lewis take, home. even yeah. if they're not published yet, I'm going to let you take all three. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Every so often I'll Google and I think, is he anywhere near halfway through the second one yet? Well, how's his health? Yeah, how I would be good his health. <laughs> <laughs> Darling, thank you. This was Fabulous. Oh, thank you. What it's been great fun. Absolute joy. Well, as I said, this is actually being recorded just leading up to Christmas. Here is the proof. Yikes. Uh, if you need anything in America, it's probably here in this shed, and I've probably already wrapped it. So, you're welcome. Uh, I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas. I hope you all have a wonderful year. Uh, I'll be back. There is another season in the works, so don't worry. And I love hearing from you all. Thank you all for your comments and feedback on Twitter and Instagram. It's really lovely to feel the sense of community that we have and to know what you're reading and what you're loving. And I will keep throwing out my recommendations and I'll keep taking yours for suggestions for guests or books that we should all be reading or discussing. Um, But thank you. Thank you for listening and take care and stay safe out there.